Is the recent train wreck in East Palestine a coincidence, or is it merely white noise? Perhaps it is both. Either way, Gary and I analyze eight questions and develop a few theories about what might have really happened in Ohio and why. And then Gary gives us an update on how Tennessee Republicans continue their efforts to weaken one of the strongest abortion bans in the nation. My name is Kevin Cookagee, and with my good friend Gary Humble, this is the Freedom Matters Podcast. Ooh, I like this one. That's uh, Mayor, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you know the name of the song? Mm. Boy, is this, I'm just coming back to me. It's going to take a minute. Something about when he was, like a story from when he was a boy or something. I'm trying to remember what the song is about. I can't remember. Oh, the song is about aging and not yeah, wanting to age. Right. But I can't remember the name, though. We'll just let it go to the chorus and then... I've heard it several times, though. Then you'll know, and then you'll... I think you'll draw the conclusion right away why we start with this music. I keep an open mind, but I just can't sleep on this tonight. Man, all the way to the chorus, huh? First chorus. <laughs> Stop this train. Stop this train. Yes. That is the title. Yes. I do want to get off this. I'm with you, John. <laughs> get me off of this train. The train that's about to derail. So, I suppose that our audience certainly by now has heard about this uh, train mm-hmm. that derailed or derailed, I put in air quotes. Trains now. In, well, yeah, I mean, all over. But the one I refer to is the one in East Palestine, mm-hmm. Ohio. And I I want to spend a little time because I have a lot of questions. These aren't quiz questions for you, but they are questions that I want to see if Praise they— God. If they strike you the same way. By the way, Gary and I are both wearing our jackets because it's kind of cold in the studio, and it's the, the day we're recording this, it's snowing outside. So, But I think it's supposed to be like 78 Se- next week. Which, which, see, this is the kind of stuff that, like, destroys my sinuses. <laughs> it's the 50-degree the, the swings. Yeah. It's, it's rough on it's, me. It's, it's, it's hard psychologically to see a snowflake, too, after you started to see flowers and <laughs> buds coming yep. out. So... The train that wrecked in Palestine, Ohio. I have eight questions, and they are just questions, but I think they bring up a lot of need for analysis and why do these things happen. But, Gary, the first question I'll ask about this train is, there was a lawsuit now that's been filed against Norfolk Southern, which is the railroad company, and the lawyer's complaint makes very clear that the people who live there may already be suffering from DNA mutation. And when I hear that, when you hear that, what do you think of? Uh, I think that started two years ago. <laughs> you, you've been mutating already. <laughs> Bingo. All right. So we're going, and I, this is going to come back in the, my, po- the polyvinyl chloride is just going to finish you off. You've, yeah. already, you've already, you're already halfway down the road of your mutation. Okay. Well, I have a theory so set that aside because you do properly refer to thinking about the emperor. Your your mutation is complete. <laughs> All right. So then the second question I have is in this lawsuit, and as we've been hearing, medical professionals, uh, just scientists, and the people in general who deal with toxic waste, they're all talking about how 
the symptoms of what mostly cancer, right, from the vinyl chloride, may not appear for years down the road. Mm -hmm. So it isn't sufficient, for example, for anyone to feel confident that Governor DeWine, Republican, by the way, says, oh, it's safe, right? Drink the water. Even though fish are dying, pets are dying, people are getting nauseous and vomiting. But the lawsuit alleges that, look, a lot of these things aren't going to show up for years. It's going to linger. Right. What does that sound like? I don't know, like uh, long COVID? (laughs) Or long-term effects of mRNA jab, Myocarditis. Yeah. All right, question number three. Let's talk about the environmental damage. I'm thinking, man, they need they need to hire Aaron Brockovich. Have you seen that she's mentioned a lot? Really? Yeah. Is she? In, okay. In, she she tweeted when this happened. People keep referring back to her case. Yeah. Um, the real Aaron Brockovich. Right. Not not, um, not not Julia Roberts. Yeah, not Julia Roberts <laughs> playing Aaron Brockovich. All right, environmental damage. This one is really interesting because the left is always concerned superficially about the environment. Here is a quiz question, Gary. Do you know how many pounds of vinyl chloride were dumped into this pre-made ditch and lit on fire in order to, quote-unquote, diffuse it? I don't know how many pounds. If I remember right, it was like 30, somewhere around plus or minus 30,000 gallons per car, which was five or six cars of this stuff. I don't know how many pounds. <clears throat> yeah, and I don't know the gallons, but the pounds, 1,109,400 pounds moly. of vinyl chloride dumped and burned with the ostensible purpose of, well, we need to diffuse it so it doesn't blow up, et cetera, et cetera. Do you know that that one dump and burn gave off, emitted more vinyl chloride than the entire industrial industry in the United States did during the entire year of 2021. Wow. In one shot. So in one shot, which lasted just a couple of days to kind of burn and diffuse it. And yet, do we hear the EPA saying, this is dangerous. This is a threat. This is toxins. Well, I saw, I watched a video on this and I think uh, per FDA standards or OSHA standards or whatever it is, it's like uh, in a manufacturing environment, the threshold, you're not supposed to be exposed beyond one part per billion for an eight-hour stint, which clearly, if you're in East Palestine, oh you're, my gosh. you're way beyond one part per billion and, I mean, you know, beyond eight hours. So from a, um, you know, from a OSHA standard, I mean, this, yeah, this is just, these people are experiencing, you know, one of the largest, if not maybe the largest ecological, is it ecological disaster? Is that any? Uh is that right? <laughs> Environmental, ecological, yeah. I mean, they, they kind of merge, right? Yeah, and where's AOC, right? She's the one that says we can't even allow a cow to fart without sending out an arrest yeah, warrant. Yeah, where's the climate change people? And then you have all of this black smoke going in the air, which is clearly toxic. Okay, connected with this environmental damage, let's talk about the companies who are all behind ESG. Do you know, Gary, we've talked about it, who are some of the biggest proponents of this fake ESG? I mean, it's a real ESG, but it's a fake concern about the environment to try to control. Norfolk Southern. Well, <laughs> I, bet they, I bet they are. Norfolk Southern's owners. Who, who owns? Who, who are the biggest shareholders? Of who Norfolk? must be BlackRock. BlackRock? <laughs> no. Yes. Black, Shocking. BlackRock owns 6%, little more. Vanguard. Vanguard. 
owns more than 8%. And mm-hmm. you know the third biggest shareholder? I don't know. J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan. Who we know has recently been, they're not under indictment yet, but they're being investigated by the Attorney General of the USVI, remember, who was fired by Biden over New Year's, we talked about, because she was pursuing J.P. Morgan because one of their employees was apparently in cahoots with Jeffrey Epstein for allegedly financing a lot of these payoffs. <clears throat> so, so you have you, So you're about to connect vinyl chloride to ESG. To ESG. Now, oh I don't know how. I'm just asking the question, isn't okay. it rather interesting? And we hear nothing. I guess the question is why is the Environmental Protection Agency not worried about this? Does it have anything to do with the fact that it's owned by BlackRock, that it's mm. owned by Vanguard and JP Morgan? Gotcha. Or you'll hear my theory later. Okay, so the railroad itself. Oh, this is. I've got to read you this. Have you read the press release um, from the railroad? No. Okay. Tell me what you think this sounds like. So first Bill of all, Lee. No, I'm just joking. I don't. I don't know. Go ahead. No. For, first of all, they offered ooh a whopping sum of a million dollars for the 4,700 residents, which amounts to like 212 dollars a piece. Oh, wow. Oh, so generous. Um, Thank you, kind sir. But. Let, just listen to this press release and tell me what it sounds care like. For free. <clears throat> the CEO is at a man by the name of Alan Shaw. He says, he starts off right. He says, we will be judged by our actions. True, Mr. Shaw, you will. Cleaning up the site in an environmentally responsible way. I comment there. Well, <laughs> you created this mess. He says, we will not walk away. When I visited East Palestine last week, you told me how the train derailment has upended your lives and how concerned you are about the safety of your air, your water, and your land. Many of you have also reached out to Norfolk Southern to share your fears, your anger, and your frustration. I know there are still a lot of questions without answers. I know you're tired. I know you're worried. We will not let you down. Hmm. Who talks like that? Is that Joe Biden? I, this sounds, Anthony Fauci? Doesn't this sound like the word straight out of a crisis consultancy? Yeah, it does. Go back to Bill Clinton. And they're not saying they'll do anything. This is, I feel your pain. Bad Remember? speechwriter. I feel your pain. And it's, it's pretext for, I'm not going to do anything about your pain. But I want you to know, I feel your pain. I, it's just... It's just stunning to me that there's not a reporter who will say, wait a second, those words aren't good enough. Right? Give us some real concern, not just you pretend. All right, Gary, question number six, FEMA. So FEMA is not supplying any monies. Federal Emergency Management Agency uh, has not declared this a disaster. And they refer to the fact that it wasn't a tornado, it wasn't a flood, it wasn't an earthquake. Has that always been the case, that they, FEMA only operates if it's a flood, an earthquake? A natural disaster? Um, I don't know. I would think not. FEMA intervened and gave money to, was it Flint, Michigan? Okay. Right? That walked during the Obama administration. Right. Uh, didn't FEMA also give a lot of money to states during COVID? Yeah. Plenty. <laughs> natural? Yeah, but that was natural, Kevin. <laughs> Right? So you missed the natural part. Sounds to me like it's political favoritism, right? This isn't the right kind of disaster, or perhaps because it wasn't in the right geographic or economic area. Okay, question number seven of eight. And you probably saw this, and I think this is the most interesting 
question. The CDC. You saw what the CDC did this week? Or what sure. actually what they did before the accident. So the CDC, after 17 years of inactivity on vinyl chloride, just two weeks before this accident, they changed the toxicological profile for vinyl chloride. Prior to this accident, prior to two weeks before this accident, it was deemed to be lethal if you got 100 parts per million in the, I don't know what the area is around a person breathing in or what. They increased that to 100,000 parts per million. What? I have not seen this. Two weeks. Two weeks before. Before the accident. Okay. So hold on a second. Since you brought that up, now let me give a disclaimer on what I'm about to share. I have no idea. Hear me. No idea if this is true. (laughs) But someone sent this to me. And it's a, a screen capture of a... So this... Wow. They made that change two weeks before. Two weeks. All right, so check this out. And it wasn't, by the way, as if they were constantly evolving the definitions. They did nothing on vinyl chloride for 17 years. So so our audience can fact check this. I'm just telling you what was sent. I have not looked at this at all. I have not had time. Apparently, there is a book, a classic novel, called White Noise. Okay. okay. And... Two months ago, apparently, Netflix produced the movie version of White Noise. Okay? Mm-hmm. White Noise is about an intentional release of five train cars of polyvinyl chloride, an extremely deadly petrochemical on over 75,000 family farms. Livestock is decimated and people evacuate in chaos, and a media blackout is created using ufo stories are you serious that's what that's what someone sent me like fact check it like apparently this is a novel called white noise that was just produced by netflix who's the author by the way that don de leo i don't know if that's spanish or what but don d-e-l-i-l-l-o so de lillo or de leo that would be too perfect wouldn't it i mean I know, shooting pr- pr- shooting as, down octagonal size as I'm as I'm saying and, this producer over there is is shaking his head that that's a, a legitimate thing. So um, oh, um, there it is, right there. Yeah, he's pulling white it up noise, on the screen. White Amazon. noise. So when when was that white noise written? Can we click on that and see? Nineteen eighty five. So oh my goodness, check it out. I mean, it, I mean, come on, huh? So that tied into this definition changing. I was going to ask aside from. Well the, well, the point is that, like, how the hell is that possible? And you look back at the, uh, what was it, Event 201 that was run by John Hopkins before COVID? Yes. That was, uh, that was in October of 2019, mm-hmm. just before COVID hit. And they have this entire pandemic simulation, right? right? That I, I think in the simulation, it was a... Um, virus that had mutated from a pig or something like that but it was a respiratory <laughs> coronavirus yep. and uh the the mission was to create a vaccine you know to to fix it so um what i'm seeing is that we have been in my opinion lied to over and over and over again and unfortunately it seems that we are under a planned attack and i think it's way past time that people need to wake the hell up and start saying words like this and talking about things like yeah. this because if we just keep pretending that 
we're living in a world where all of this is just coincidentally happening to us, they're going to take us down. Yeah. There's absolutely no no such thing as a coincidence. And what's hopeful to me in this regard is at least people on both sides of the political spectrum seem a lot more concerned about the manipulation of this event than they did of COVID. I don't know if it has anything to do with COVID, but I've seen people on the right and on the left in the middle, uh, if there is a middle, another conversation. But I'm not sure there's a middle anymore. <laughs> who are equally concerned about this and why did it happen, which my eighth question is going to go to. But before I jump to the eighth question, Gary, isn't this consistent with the CDC changing definitions? Yeah. Right? During COVID, they changed the definition of primary cause of death. So they were including all of these deaths that were with COVID to include them as otherwise, it, it, prior to that, it would have had to be a primary cause or mm-hmm. or the last cause. And then they're changing of the definition of vaccine, vaccine, right? So why should it surprise us that after 17 years, they changed the lethality, the toxology profile of this, uh, of this poisonous gas? All right, so here's number eight, and it goes into my theory. You do know about the train... It, it went on for about 20 miles with sparks and stuff underneath the train, right? I, I did not know how long, but I saw the video footage that had been captured of the sparks yes. going on. Or 20 minutes. Train. I don't yeah. know how many miles that would be. So 20 minutes of sparks and fire under this train. So why do you think that, why do you think they didn't stop for 20 minutes of sparks? I don't know. It's possible they didn't know. Okay. I don't know. It is possible they didn't know, but then we've got a big problem with command and control of a train and carrying hazardous material. material. You would think those cars are equipped to to know when you've got sparks flying out. And from what I've read, they would have known. And I read something today that indicated they were told that there was a fire or they told their superiors there was a fire and they were instructed to keep driving. Okay. So if that's the case... What's interesting is they were instructed to keep driving, then they finally derail, and then in order to avoid a bigger catastrophe, we're told, they dig these holes, dump it in, and burn it, all within a very short time period. Yeah. So my question is, did they intend to light it on fire? Whatever was causing these sparks, was something put on the tracks to do that? And with that failing... Did they say, okay, keep driving this train so that someone else had time to go up the road and sabotage the tracks so that it would derail? Train derails, but it still doesn't explode. So because they're so invested in we've got to make this happen, dig a hole and burn it under the theory, the pretext of, well, it's safer to burn it off so it doesn't explode. All right, I'm following you. So so the original plan was that the cars exploded. Right. That didn't happen. That's my theory. So then they had to mitigate that by derailing it where it derailed and then still didn't still explode. Didn't explode. <laughs> so like, damn it, we got to get this. <laughs> Set it on fire. Set it on exactly. fire. <laughs> it's not. Oh, my gosh. It's plausible, that isn't is very, it? I think that probably makes a lot of sense. I don't know how else you explain. The sparks. The sparks not being attended to and this, I've never heard of taking this dangerous, toxic material and immediately dumping it in well, and burning and, it. And think about the poor drivers on the train. Clearly, they were not informed that they were on a suicide mission, like because yeah. it was intended that the cars were going to blow up. Yeah, that's... And so they're like, hey, there's sparks, and then they're told, uh, yeah, bud, you're good. Keep, Keep going. Keep driving. 
Wow. And maybe they didn't know what they were carrying. It's possible, yeah. right, to protect uh, the plan. Yeah. Dude, so, that's, that's, a good, that's a great theory. But now I'm kind of distracted, Gary, by that white noise. I, I kind of want to go after I go home tonight and order that book. Yeah. Um, I had someone did, someone did tell me about the whole UFO thing. And now that you've tied it to this book, White Noise and the Train, it gets me thinking. Something, aside from whatever theory or conspiracy theory people may come up with, the reality is, as you said, Gary, that nothing is a coincidence. Mm-hmm. We, we have been long ago declared the enemy of our own government. We know that the CIA has a lot more control of what goes on than, than even states and governments do just because we can't necessarily, that we're not able to put our fingers on precisely what happened doesn't mean that we should stop being curious and not be suspicious about these things. And and look, I think any discerning individual can recognize that it, it certainly seems that we're under attack, mm-hmm. that the homeland is under attack. Whether or not that's from a, a foreign or domestic enemy, it seems as though our homeland is under attack. And the fact that no one is giving us any information about that. I mean, we're, the fact that we're still talking about sending money to Ukraine, you know, all the while, literally, you know, we've, we've got these, whatever these objects are in the sky that are being shot down, which I believe are, it, in and of itself is a complete distraction. Mm-hmm. I, my personal belief is that whatever the stuff is in the sky is an absolute and utter distraction from the the ground game that's really happening. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. And, and I, I don't know exactly what the plans with all of these trains are in terms of whether it's just poisoning the air and our water supply or what but um we are we're we're facing an attack on our homeland and i think every american should be very concerned that no one in your government is telling you what's going on and i got to say even being here in williamson county here in tennessee where a part of our county is represented by congressman mark green who sits on the uh uh, is it the Homeland Committee? Yeah, Homeland Security, I think. And uh, run SISA and all these, you know, security <laughs> things. I'm like, hey, brother, like, find something out. Right. You know, like, surely you've got clearance to know something. We we deserve to know what the hell's going on. Yeah, and they have powers now to get information that they previously couldn't when they were in the minority. Yeah. And, yeah, what I don't like, what's discouraging is— No, when- that's so— just before we mm-hmm. move on from that point. So that's a great point. You know, Republicans control the House. You you control Homeland Security Committee. How is it possible that you don't have the power now to get this information? So we it's that is a great point to make because we make it here all the time in Tennessee. Don't just blame Joe Biden. Right. Don't say Joe's not giving me the information. No. The administration's hiding this. No, 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 us. no. There are other ways to get this information right. and it's still not coming. Yeah, I think, well, that's exactly my point, Gary. By the way, let me go back one more step because there is a a parallel theory that I do have about this. I don't know if this is true, but think about this. If you had injected, what is it, 500 billion doses now, Pfizer, Moderna, and you're aware, very aware of the adverse effects, deaths, myocarditis, strokes. Actually, Kevin, the number globally is over 12 billion doses. Okay, 12 billion. So maybe 500 million in the U.S.? Is that... Maybe so. A lot. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Clearly a lot. And if you knew that a lot of those symptoms 
we're likely to, hey, let's say in a grand jury in Florida, which we know now has been impaneled under the direction of Ron DeSantis, at the request of Ron DeSantis, and you knew that you were going to be perhaps criminally responsible because you can't be held civilly liable under the EUA, would you maybe see a benefit in some other cause for people getting cancer? Let's say a mm. cause that works itself into the Ohio River Valley. You've I seen see the map, right? Here. How big yep. that goes? Yes, ten uh, serves what ten million people get their water. Yeah, from that source. If, if you see, and if you see the map of kind of where it creeps, mm-hmm. I mean, very, into, into Tennessee, very close to where yeah. we are here. And then you add to that the next day. Or, or sometime earlier this week, the plastic plant that blew up in yep. Florida, Kissimmee. Five-acre fire. <clears throat> Same problem, right? You've got cancer-causing agents, carcinogens going into the atmosphere. And here's the thing. When you are a defense lawyer, you don't have to prove. You, the burden proof is not on you. So you don't have to prove what the prosecution does. Prosecution is trying to make a proximate cause more likely than not um, and and have this have the evidence to show the jury or the judge depending on the circumstances that it was likely the mrna well all the defense attorney has to do is say well we don't know that because about the same time frame we had all these train accidents and these carcinogenic events he doesn't have to prove anything all he has to do is cast doubt in the minds of the jury that there might be another cause for all of this cancer that people are having thereby protecting Pfizer, Moderna, and anybody else who's injected. It's another theory. Kevin, that is a really solid theory because we've said this for a while, and we're I think we're just beginning. We're at the very early stages of beginning to see the outcome of this mass vaccination in terms of cardiac arrests, and I, and I think we're going to begin to see it in cancer patients. In fact, we had... Last year, whenever we were doing the patients' rights bills and all these things uh, in the in the Senate here in Tennessee, we had Dr. Ryan Cole out uh, to testify here in Tennessee, who was also featured on the Died Suddenly uh, documentary. Yep. But but Dr. Ryan Cole is is one of the physicians in the United States that has been ringing the alarm bells that cancer is sharply yes. on the rise, and how can we not, you know, see the sharp rise in cancer coinciding with the with whenever we begin to mass vaccinate mm-hmm. the population. Yep. And again, it's one of those things that you're you're not hearing the medical community have this discussion yet. It's happening in front of us. And then, of course, you know, well, it's just Dr. Ryan Cole. He's he's a uh, he's just misinformation. <laughs> and what they also or, or they shift to, hey, we've got the cure for cancer. We've got this drug. We've got do this, and whether it's just traditional or, radiation and or, chemo. Hey, we've got this shot now that you, we can just stick right in your heart, you know. Yep. So, so yeah, it might cause myocarditis, but look, we've got this. New, got rid uh, of the cancer. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, good grief. I can't suspicious. Stand these suspicious. It's good um, theories. By the way, before you jump into Tennessee with, because I know you all have something good, Tennessee. I'm going to actually, I'm going to pose a legitimate surprise question to you. But I read something this week that. Uh, You know what it was? It was Roger Simon's article in Epic Times. He wrote an article suggesting that Cameron Sexton was suggesting removing federal education dollars from Tennessee, as we have encouraged the state to do for 
that, that as is, long as this podcast has been airing, is that true? That what, is, am I missing? No, that is true. And and as I spent is there my, a catch? And as I spent my entire campaign talking about at every event I did, taking federal money out of our education here in the state of Tennessee, I don't know the details. It's funny. Someone asked me about that today, what bill that is. I'm guessing it must be another caption bill that they're going to amend something into because I haven't seen the bill. I don't know the details. But that is correct. Apparently, all of a sudden, a speaker of our house is supportive of pulling federal money out of education, which would be fantastic. It it stunned me. It was exciting, but it just stunned me with the person who was driving it because that doesn't sound like anything that doesn't previously have come out of Kansas. I wonder if he's listening to the Freedom Matters podcast, (laughs) Maybe. He'll never admit it. <laughs> exactly. Devil's in the details. Okay. Well, that's that's what I that was my surprise question because I just literally read about it. I think two days ago, and I was kind of blown away. No, that is a thing. And uh, you know, it's interesting you bring uh, Speaker Sexton up. I call him I call him Cammy. It's my new, <laughs> it's my new name for him. You know, I just we just put out a video this afternoon, and and uh, look, I, I keep telling Tennesseans, of course. We've got this whole thing with toll roads, and I, I won't really get into that on the podcast. We I've been blowing that up in email and online with video. It's apparently been effective because they slowed it down a bit, for, didn't they? We delayed, got the bill delayed for two weeks. Kevin, they said, um, you know, we sent about 40,000 emails to that committee through awesome. our, our website. And uh, per the chairman, per the chair, the official statement is um, they just need to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they need to breathe. And didn't they also say we need to correct some misinformation yeah. about what this bill really is? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. We no, no, no. That's not what he said. They need to combat the misinformation that we've been putting that, out yeah, about that's the a, bill. Yeah, that's yes. the problem. Uh, of course, Tennessee stands is the problem. So now they're go- now they've got a couple weeks to figure out how to spin the fact. How that to spin it? It's yeah. it, it's not really a tax and it's not a toll. I didn't know. And forgive me for not understanding this last week. When we were talking about this, I also didn't recognize that it's not as if they're making new lanes as toll lanes either. They're going to take one of the existing lanes. Well, no, no, they no, they actually are going to create. They new are going lanes. to create new lanes. Yeah, okay. yeah, no, no. The idea is that on on some existing road, wherever this congestion exists, that there there's going to be an additional lane constructed that will become uh, a choice okay. lane. Because I had heard from someone that. It was even worse than that, that they were going to take one of the existing lanes, dedicate it to that, thereby making everybody else's already crowded (laughs) drive even more crowded. That has happened in other states. That is a very normal thing that to do. Mind, I've read the bill. I had a discussion with someone about it this morning. My understanding from reading the bill is that this legislation would at least prevent that from happening. It, It would prevent a road already built by taxpayers from having a toll imposed on a okay. tax-paid road. So, Still not supportive of it, at least relieved to know that that part is not. Right, that would be, I mean, as, as if the P3s are not egregious enough. That <laughs> Yeah, that would be outrageous, you're right. But, you know, this week they've taken it another level. I mean, everybody knows that Tennessee does have, I know there, there are, we have followers that I catch a lot of heat on talking about abortion bills, but look, the fact is, I can say this with certainty, Tennessee has the strictest abortion laws in the nation, and it is often referred to by many as an abortion ban. Mm -hmm. Although we do understand that our laws still allow abortifacients in terms of uh, these pills Mm -hmm. that do effectively cause abortion. So we get that. There's still work to do. However, the rhinos in Tennessee— 
can't even defend where we currently are on abortion. And I want to make the point because the speaker did something this week that he rarely does. You will rarely see the speaker come down into a committee hearing. That is that is rare. In fact, I think he did it one time last year, and it was on one of our bills. Are you talking okay. about in general, regardless of who the position is occupied by or just with yeah, respect to yeah, this you, particular No, speaker? just the speakers in general. You okay. won't see a speaker come down into a committee hearing, right? So during this bill, House Bill 883, sponsored by uh, Esther Helton Haynes, this begins to water down the abortion bill in terms of giving doctors now a little bit more leeway in terms of being able to make, quote unquote, a good faith judgment as to whether or not this abortion might be medically necessary to save the life of the mother. And so it gives a very subjective standard, which means it gives the doctor the ability to make a bad faith judgment. And the state does not have a defense in court, right? That's the problem. It it begins to open the door. And, of course, the bill was brought by Vanderbilt and Mm. the Tennessee Hospital Association, blah, 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 blah. Surprise, surprise. So this is what – a little bit of drama that happened. So Tennessee Right to Life's lobbyists and and attorney goes in the committee, and they are vehemently against this bill, which we should be. And – he makes a statement, which I which I got to say, it was ballsy. I'll give him that. I mean, I don't – it was a ballsy statement. He looks at the committee and basically lets them know that if they if they pass this bill, it's going to negatively impact their standing with mm-hmm. right to life. In other words, to insinuate that they may not get a future endorsement right. if they – so sort of issued a, a soft threat. And that is what caused so, – so that caused – the speaker to come down in committee and support his cohorts there in the committee against the intimidation now of this mm. bad right to how and he said you know how how dare this lobbyist come and you know issue a threat you know and it's one thing to send an email and have conversation but but this is um unbecoming in a committee hearing now <laughs> where does he suggest the threat go uh, well, you know, in out, out, outdoors, <laughs> out, in out in the hallway, maybe. Here's the thing, though, that I want to put out there, because here's what you're not hearing people talk enough about. Because some people are relenting, yeah, you know, he shouldn't have said that. You know, the lobbyist shouldn't have issued a threat, whatever. None of these men and women were offended for all these previous years getting right to life's endorsement. Mm-hmm. And not only getting the endorsement, but wearing it like a freaking badge and raising money Mm -hmm. off of being pro-life. How many Republican fundraisers do you go to where the guys, oh, I'm pro-life, I'm pro-life. If there's a box you've got to check to run as a Republican in the state of Tennessee, it's to be Mm pro-life. So nobody was offended then. Nobody was offended putting on the right to life badge and getting someone else to write a check. But the moment... After Roe v. Wade, that now you have to stand up for life, right? Now when it's incumbent upon you to stand and you start to fold and right to life walks in the door and says, well, hey, wait a minute. We've been propping you up for all these years. What gives? And now you're offended? Yeah. Oh, please, Cammy. Bunch of snowflakes. What? That's That's what they are. And they project, right? That's all these politicians do. They threaten us 
daily with loss of liberty. Right. They threaten our very existence, our ability to get work. Would they declare us essential versus non-essential? Most of us falling into the latter. And yet when somebody dares suggest that they haven't walked the walk, right, they haven't kept their commitment and therefore should not get the benefits that they got in order to appear as right to life, now that's deemed a threat. And that threat, where's the rule book? Is there some rule book that says a lobbyist can't say those things? Absolutely not. And I, you know, it was bold, it was brash, but I believe in this particular instance, they were well within their yeah. right to do so, especially when you're talking about protecting life of the unborn. Yeah, I'll walk in there and bring it. Like, that's just, this is, suck it up, buttercup. Yep. Like, this is protect life. It's what you ran on for years. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take this, Kevin. Now I'm gonna make you sick. I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna make this. All right, got a got a barf bag somewhere. Uh, I'm gonna make this from bad to egregious because I always like to point out these caption bills. Mm. And it's been great, by the way. They've been going so good. I think by the end of next week, we will have trained almost 300 people across the state of Tennessee to to track legislation online. And one of the things I always talk about are these caption bills. House rules, if you go download the House rules, page 14, rule number 60. Says Still, don't, ever th- don't ever threaten. No, it doesn't, doesn't say that. <laughs> doesn't say that. As long as a member submits an amendment by 2 p.m., that amendment can be heard the next day, mm. which means you can take a bill that only has a sentence and turn it into a 30-page bill in less than 24 hours, and nobody's done the wiser. See, that right now is allowed in our House rules. And I would I just argue that is not transparency. Not at all. At all. So this bill that will now give doctors this incredible leeway in abortion, House Bill 883 that was originally filed at the beginning of session had one sentence. And all it did was it dealt with an existing statute regarding listen to how disgusting this is this is where it gets just I'm like are you really depra- that depraved the original bill was filed in terms of continuing funding for the care and maintenance of a monument that this statute passed in 2018 i guess there's a monument somewhere on the grounds of the capitol that honors the unborn unborn the unborn who have lost their lives due to abortion so it's just it's a right to life monument right and this bill just was a sentence to continue funding this monument and that's what they've replaced with this like <laughs> that bill that was originally filed to fund to continue to fund a a monument honoring the unborn was amended to 9 pages to kill him I'm speechless, except this keeps happening, so I'm not surprised. I'm just apoplectic, by, right? By, I don't have words by Republicans, I'm, Kevin, yeah. not Democrats, <clears throat> Republicans. What do the Democrats do, by the way, with regard to this? Do they cheer these Republicans on, or do they still have their own, oh, you're not going far enough? I think they just eat popcorn and watch. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Honestly. <clears throat> That's such an indictment. Be- because they know, look, uh, I don't remember the numbers in the Senate, but we've got 99 members of the House, 75 of the 99 are Republicans. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, look, it's just if you're a Democrat elected right now in the state of Tennessee, you're just watching. You're just watching the game because you're not going to get anything done. Mm. So. Oh, my goodness. Anything else in Tennessee that we need to be 
aware of in the weeks ahead? That's about, well, I mean, just right now, we've got, oh gosh, I don't know, we've got about 20 bills maybe on our site right now that we're watching and asking people to take action on. So if you haven't, it's really critical, go to TennesseeStands.org. And uh, good grief, if you haven't yet, the first thing to do is hit that subscribe button uh, because we're going to be sending you emails uh, weekly, right now more than weekly, on action steps that you can take. But also, if you go to TennesseeStands.org and you go to the menu, click on Act, and there's a page called Legislative Priorities for 2023. Okay. And that page is chock full of bills that you can filter them by issue. So if you care about abortion or vaccines or elections or, you know, whole host of things, uh, gun rights even, you can filter those out and take action on those items that are important to you. And we would appreciate you doing that. <laughs> Wait, one something very funny unrelated to that <clears throat> when you said gun rights. I just saw today before we came in the studio the story about the guy in Florida who has a swimming pool, the shape of a revolver. <laughs> I haven't heard this. <laughs> that was hilarious. And apparently it was just – he's had it for years. He, he was looking for a creative way a number of years ago to design a pool. He, you know, Because everybody in Florida has pools, or a lot of people do. Yep. And he and his neighbor were thinking, gosh, you know, triangle pools, rectangle pools, odd shapes, but this would be really cool. And nobody bothered him about it until Google Earth apparently oh, went boy. over his house, and everybody knows now, which is it's a threat to his safety too, right? Because Google Earth and, and Google produces that and markets it, and the media now all knows where this guy lives. He's going to get harassed for that. But that you should go find the article and read the comments because the comments are hilarious, <laughs> talking about be- people being triggered by his no pool. No kidding. <laughs> Leave the guy. What's wrong with people? But it's a cool-looking pool. Yes. It's definitely a revolver. Go check that out. All right. Can we, uh, can we take the train ride out since we started? Gary, I'm so impressed with your music knowledge. I'm going to have to actually purposely start picking obscure material, see if I can fool you, because you've known all these songs every week right away. Yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're close to the same age. Probably listen to a lot of the same stuff. We're 11 years apart. Oh, still close. <laughs> The older we get, Close the closer enough. it is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> yes. My kids keep catching up to me. I think I'm staying in the same place. Thank you, guys. If you'd like to learn more about Tennessee Stands, visit TennesseeStands.org to donate, volunteer, or get more information about what we're doing to preserve liberty for the people of Tennessee. You can also follow along on all social platforms at Tennessee Stands. As Thomas Paine reminded us, those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must, like men, undergo the fatigue of supporting it.